Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to a special edition of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, Tuesday, February 16th, 2016. Well, wow. 2-0-16. Wow, that's really weird. We didn't plan that alongside Ian Ferguson. Hello, howdy. I'm, I'm Pat Contry. This is the third time we've done a special edition of the CU Podcast. The first time was like E3 a couple years ago. Then there's another one. We just said, yeah, we'll just do one in between. But we have three topics to discuss. Three only. But this is a full episode, as far as I'm concerned. It's not a guided episode or a zero. We'll be talking about the Coleco Chameleon's appearance at the New York Toy Fair. Mm. We'll be talking about an interesting eBay auction with all 677 uh, NTSC NES games up for sale. And we'll be talking upon, uh, talking upon, talking upon, <laughs> talking about a report about Batman v Superman, about the Warner Brothers execs, what the response could be if it doesn't go as planned on the release. Ian, how was your Valentine's Day? Uh, Vani and I exchanged little gifts earlier in the week, and uh, Valentine's Day we actually uh, celebrated uh, the cat's birthday. Um, it is the 14th? Yeah. Story behind that is Vani found the cat in Balboa Park in 2003 in a little bag, and he w- he was smaller than her hand. Aww. And uh, so so realistically, his birthday was right around uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, we kind of figure that maybe it was given to someone as a Valentine's Day gift, and things didn't go well. But anyways, but was that it was really that small though, like less than a week old, basically. She said that for the first like two weeks, she just carried him around in the the hood of her sweatshirt. Wow. Yeah. No, he was abandoned like was right, say, right after birth. Because usually you you can't separate the from the from the mama until at least two or three weeks. You can't. That's supposed to yeah. Separate. No. So well, he was. Um, wow. so they, they took care of him. They got him, you know, back into, they got him into good health and she's had him ever since. So, uh, we had a bunch Aww. of people over and we took a little can of food yeah. and we put a candle in it. We didn't light it just yeah. for a minute, just for a minute. And then we that's took really, it out. Yeah. That's bizarre yeah. for a cat. Cat's and like, then, what are you uh, doing to my food? Yeah, You're getting wax in my food. It was fun. No, we didn't <laughs> light the candle. Um, we, we let him eat a lot of treats and basically be a pig. And, uh, which cats usually are. And then we had some, and then we all had some pie. Not the also cat. pie. And you streamed. I saw you were on a stream. Yeah, every once in a while I'll stream something bullshit. Um, I'll that to your YouTube channel. The the Jackbox games are really easy to stream. What they are is they're like video board games from the You Don't Know Jack creators. Mm-hmm. And uh, the neat thing about them is they're kind of meant for streaming because as long as you have a smartphone, you can go to the website on your phone, type in your name, type in a code, and boom, you're playing with whoever's on the other side of the stream. Oh. And some of the games support up to... There's, like, one game that's basically just a true-false game that can support up to 100 people, and then um, most of them support uh, between 6 to 8 people. That's interesting. So that's neat. Uh, I spent mine with Frank. We did a barbecue. First one of the year. It was beautiful out s- uh, Sunday and Monday. Yeah, it was. It beautiful. Was. And just, you know, burgers and dogs, and uh, we watched the uh, the All-Star game, I think, oh, geez, was, was I Sunday. I kind of forgot and, about that. NBA All-Star game was interesting just because they scored, like, 400 points total it was like 180 to 170 or something <laughs> ridiculous it's like i know there's no defense but it's just absolutely just insane yeah uh, but other, otherwise that, that's all i really did 
and uh, we have a sponsor. Yeah, we do. Oh, uh, this is a, this is a bonus podcast, but it's still a podcast. Yeah, that's right. This is uh, from our sponsor, Embraceware. Hey guys, Jerry here from Embraceware. We're inviting anyone interested in providing us with feedback on upcoming games we're working on to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at slash Embraceware on each. So for instance, twitter.com slash Embraceware. We post screenshots of games and apps that are in development, welcome beta testers, and we often give away redeem codes. We look forward to hearing from you. You're a beta tester, you know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> So one of the reasons we wanted to do a, I guess a mini podcast, but it's still a podcast episode, was because of I don't the, know why you keep justifying. I'm that. justifying it. Should, to most people, it's just more clips. It's more clips. To most, most people aren't listening to us. By the way, uh, one of the just to put it out there, one of the reasons why there's issues for the past month with downloading the full podcast on Twitcher or iTunes is that uh, my site's been under DDoS attack. There. Yeah, how to make it public because you go to the site, you know it's, it's DDoS protection. So since there's DDoS protection, the site's fine, but picking up the feed, I guess it has to go through that verification that you're that you're not just um, you know running off a script. So the feeds, I think on iTunes, I did get the latest episode, then I couldn't. So that's what's going on with the site. I can't do anything about it at this point. I'm thinking about alternatives like maybe uh, the SoundCloud cloud. Maybe I can upload the full audio to there as an option. But it, well, the, the it won't prob- get picked up on feeds off. I do. Yeah, that. that's the the problem for people is that it's not on the apps that they can use to download to their phone directly. Sure. That's how most people are listening. But go to thepunkeffect.com. It's a site where it's hosted, and you can listen or download there directly. So there you go, guys. There you go. All right, so let's get to the the meat of the matter here. Um, I'll, I'll I'll take us back just a little bit. Um, if, if you're new, if you're new to the podcast, uh, or if you need a refresher, uh, a few months ago we discussed uh, something called the Retro VGS, the That's Retro Video Game System, and it was to be, uh, well. <laughs> Way too many things. But it was supposed to be a return to cartridge-based gaming on a console. They promised uh, no patches, no updates, no internet connection, no bugs in the games. Um, it was going to be a Swiss army knife of a system. Mm-hmm. and Play old uh, NES games on it. Right. Apparently SNES. Get adapters get for all adapters. sorts of shit. Indie-style games when be programmed on it. I just want to point out real quick before we go further. I'm drinking water this time. Um, so... Uh, the problem was is it was a pie in the sky idea mm-hmm. and uh they went live with an indiegogo and they wanted something like 2 million yeah they wanted 2 million 2.5 1.8 whatever they wanted they wanted close to 2 million they wanted literally millions of dollars and they had no prototype um so they were saying that basically they wanted you to pay into this this pipe dream and once they got the money then they could work on a prototype and and basically give them funding to start the business right exactly Anyways, it failed miserably. It, and not just because of us. We just, we politely pointed out all the faults and the reason why it's kind of insane to think that you can get bug-free games on a cartridge and not have an updatable uh, cartridge and you'll have to wait nine, ten months to get the same game you can get for 40 bucks cheaper on Steam, but in a cartridge form. For those reasons, and we weren't only ones saying it, we thought it was just not a good idea. These are, basically, you were, you were buying a very expensive way to play stuff you already could um an ouya a cartridge based ouya and it was just it was it was silly so it failed miserably now the head of that project mike kennedy um realized he had generated a lot of ill will uh during that and he uh 
wrote a post to the Atari Age forums and a couple other places, kind of apologizing for it, admitting the mistakes that he made with the retro VGS, and saying that he was going to come back uh, in a few months better organized and with a new idea. While also throwing his uh, engineer, John Carlson, under the bus. Under the bus as many times as he can. Like, not not only ran him over, but then backed up and ran over him again. And I'm going to come back to that in a, uh, in a little bit. Um, so, fast forward to now. He announces uh, about two, three, four weeks ago that um, he is... About five, six weeks ago. That he is working on a system called the Coleco Chameleon. Now, keep in mind that Coleco is not Coleco anymore. This is simply a brand that was purchased. Coleco does not exist. There's a holding company that owns the trademark of Coleco. Right. So that's what Coleco is. So he... They don't produce... Coleco doesn't exist to produce any new products. It's licensed off to other companies to make their ColecoVision flashbacks and everything else. That's not Coleco, quote-unquote, making those items. And he paid... So basically, he paid for the right to slap that company name uh, for recognition onto the front of this new system. Correct. Which is still using the Jaguar shells uh, that he purchased the tooling for. Because that's 90% of making a system. Um, So... He starts typing up that he's going to show a prototype at the Toy Fair. The New York Toy Fair, which is the biggest toy fair there is. It's a trade show where you're basically showing off to potential distributors and buyers for, you know, if you have a new toy coming out, you want to show Toys R Us execs, hey, I got this toy coming out, let's stock it in your store. Correct. So he announces that he's going to be at the Toy Fair with a working prototype. He's going to show it off. Trust in time, maybe, you know, to get ready for this Kickstarter. New Kickstarter. Now, the the reason why the Kickstarter thing was a big deal... Uh, to him and to some people, is that one of the reasons many people say that it failed the first time was because there, uh, it was on Indiegogo and there was no prototype. Mm-hmm. But Indiegogo allows for you to not have a prototype. Kickstarter does not. So for for him, hardware, yes. for hardware. So for him to get a Kickstarter this time, uh, which is considered a more respectable way of crowdfunding, depending on what you're doing, there's more eyes on it. Yep. Um, he needed a working prototype. So we go to the toy fair. And immediately there's some some flags. The Coleco Chameleon system is supposed to come packaged with a... Uh, not really a proprietary. It's a controller that you can actually get for the Wii U, but it was going to be used for this system. It's a third-party controller with two analog sticks, D-pad, uh, face buttons, and four triggers. Correct. And um, the system is shown playing Super Nintendo games on... On a CRT uh, monitor. Uh, on a CRT monitor, when this is supposed to have... This is supposed to be an HDMI out-only system. Keep that in mind. HDMI only. Yeah, I think they were originally, when it was a retro VGS, they were going to try to do composite. They were going to do everything. But then the, the cost was going to be $300, so they want to get the price down to 150 so they're going to they start ch- chopping out features. So, no more no more um, 9-pin port in the front for Genesis controllers. Uh, no more composite no more, uh, you know, let's get the bare minimum, which would be USB uh, controller ports and the HDMI out. Right. So, we have no uh, we have no HDMI out. Nothing. It seems odd to me that you would build a prototype that doesn't use the output signal that you've decided you're going to go with the mass production unit. Sure. Two, uh, flag number two, uh, we are... Demoing these Super Nintendo games uh, on composite using Super Nintendo controllers that are supposedly hardwired into the system, and you cannot see the front. You cannot see like where they actually where, connect. Correct, because they're like stuck into the Jaguar shell somehow. 
Flag three. Uh, the cartridge that it's running off of appears to be the front half of a Jaguar shell, and you can see a lump of black tape on the back. And you can see little things that poke out on the side. And uh, clever sleuths who own this have determined that uh, it looks very similar to, and probably is, an SD to SNES, uh, which is basically a flash cartridge that has been duct tape or not duct tape, electrical taped to the back of uh, a, a a Jaguar shell, a Jaguar cartridge front, and. It's running Super Nintendo ROMs. And only Super Nintendo games. Yes, when this only. Was, when this was supposed to have um, in television games and ColecoVision games, which they had an announcement video showing these are the games we're going to license to have on our console. Correct. And, as well as talking about we're going to have Genesis games and whatever else, Pine, this guy, Neo Geo, whatever, but only Super Nintendo games so far. And then uh, weirdness number four. Um, when you look at the back of the system... Which Mike Kennedy took the picture of himself and posted on his Facebook page before deleting it. So let's let, let's. I mean, I'm going to break this picture down. You look at the back, and first thing you notice is there's a whole lot of duct tape or uh, electrical tape again, which Just, you can also see in the video that was shot by Mike when they pan over. You can see shiny electrical tape on the back part of whatever this console is. I would like to back up real quick. The Jaguar shell uh, cart- magic cartridge uh, has the exact same edge connector as a Super Nintendo. Uh, edge connector. Oh, oh yeah, where the actual cartridge yes. port is. It's a Super Nintendo It's a silver connector. rectangular... Oh, no. I, well, I'm talking... Yes, that too, but I'm also talking about the actual edge connector. Oh, the edge like, of the game. Yeah, it's it's oh. it's, it's the same. Oh. It's, it's the exact same pin. Oh, I was talking about actually the, yes. the silver no, obviously cartridge that would port. be the same too. That looked very similar. So, the back of it's wrapped in electrical tape, but not good enough to hide the fact that it's obviously using the proprietary... Super Nintendo, GameCube, N64, um, audio, video, out. Which is that one plug, which then goes into yellow, white, and red. It splits up. Which, which asks, I mean, you, then you ask the question, what's going on with this prototype here? Uh, it's supposed to be HDMI out only. Um, okay, so maybe something happened where he had to do composite out only, and he hacked it together quick, but then... But then, why, why would you use a proprietary socket? Yes, that would make you it, wouldn't. That would make it very difficult, and I'm sure you'd have to uh, reverse engineer somewhat in order to go back to whatever. However, Nintendo did it back then. Why wouldn't you go for the easier option right. of using the composite, which would be more read- readily available, normal composite? And what it has on it, uh, what it's what's powering it is, and I have these. I know exactly what they look like. We when we run out of OEM power supplies, we 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 use these at the store. Um, it's using a 3-in-1 power supply. Now, what these 3-in-1 power supplies are is they are a normal power supply with two cords coming from it. One end is used for the Genesis Model 1 and the NES, and the other end is a Super Nintendo power port. Uh, Correct. Top power cord. It's clear as day that's what it is, because you can see the second unused uh, cord, hanging, cord off of hanging off of it. So, when you look at these dimensions, and you ask all these questions... Oh, and by the way, the power light doesn't light up, and, uh, you know, that might seem trivial to some, but, you know what, it really doesn't take much to rig up a power li- uh, power, uh, well, a power LED. Well, we can get to that in a moment. Also, reportedly, this is from, actually, from the Retro VGS folks, there was no power button itself, so once oh, they plugged it, it in, it was on. In. Yeah. So there was no... This prototype, if it's a real prototype, they couldn't even rig a power button in order to... That's pretty simple, uh, yes. as far as prototypes go. Me knowing nothing about prototypes, to do a power switch is pretty simple. But there was no power switch, so it powered on when they plugged in the power. Right. When you look at the back, and you put all these pieces together, and you look at the dimensions, this looks very... 
This looks very much like the board from a Super Nintendo 2 shoved inside a Jaguar case. Poorly, because the dimensions do not match up, and this is why there's black electrical tape all over the thing, to hide uh, the fact that this is what it is. Um, you turn the system on, and you st stick it in there, and that's why it only turns on when you plug it in. Um, this is why we have an SNES Edge connector. This is why we have an SNES flash cart. Uh, this is why we're using Super Nintendo controllers. Yet this, this is an authentic prototype of what's coming out, even though nothing, I mean absolutely fucking nothing, has, it has almost nothing to do with what is promised. What's interesting is that just about all this evidence came from the Retro VGS team themselves, excuse me, the Coleco Chameleon team themselves. Yes. Uh, they did uh, videos posted on their Facebook page. The picture we talked about showing the uh, Super Nintendo AV out. It's that a, was the most damning evidence. You can't even mistake it for anything else. It's impossible to mistake it. There's no other, there's no other connector that looks like that. There just isn't. No, there isn't. It's, there isn't. It's exactly what it is. Plus, if you actually looked at a mini SNES, the spacing between... Mm -hmm. The AV out and the port for the AC adapter matches exactly with nothing in between. Because if you know anything about the Mini Super Nintendo, there's no RF out. So there was no other cord or anything in between those two on this duct tape job. So besides that, on the video that pans down on the angle, which shows the, that it is pretty clearly... You know, the silverish rectangle to put the SNES card in. You can see that there's like a minuscule corner of the back where there isn't duct tape exactly covering it. And you know what? That piece where the duct tape isn't on that corner on the back looks really close to the creamish color of a Super Nintendo, a mini Super Nintendo on the back part well, of those it. Are, okay. So. <laughs> Uh, to, to further this, to make the, to make this even more curious, um, the video that was that that was shown, basically the the, the Toy Fair sizzle video, uh, full of quick cuts sure. and clever angles. Uh, it's never shown uh, the game switching or how the games are being switched, probably to hide uh, the, the fact that they're using a flash cart, yes. a Super Nintendo flash cart. Because if they shown if they had shown if if you really wanted to show that this was not a a Super Nintendo. You'd put the game on and not see a flashcard startup menu. Right. With their five or supposedly they had five or six games listed probably for them to select mm -hmm. and then load. That's not shown in any of their videos how these games come on. No. Uh, not not once. Um even more curious is one of the developers that was uh, uh that is uh supposedly developing for the system. Um had a uh, had a a board of a game uh, that they wanted to use a Super Nintendo game. Mm -hmm. Now this is going to lead into something else. So supposedly the system is going to have a SNES core on an FPGA. Okay, that's one of the things the it's going to have. Feel programmable gate array. Yes, and so the people making this game uh, correctly assume that. If that's what's on here, and this is a legitimate prototype, then the Super Nintendo game board that they have is going to work. And they take it over there, and it does. Uh, for the rest of the Toy Fair, uh, this is what is used to demo the system. Why? Because there doesn't need to be any trickery involved. They don't have to take the power cord out, put it back in in order to change the game out, or whatever else. They, they don't I have guess. to deal with a Super Nintendo loading screen, uh, I mean, flash, flash card loading screen, screen, or anything, or anything along those lines. 
Um, so they're claiming that in the time since the retro VGS crashed and burned, Which they have created two and a half months. They have created an SNES core for an FPGA. Uh, this would require a pretty impressive team, and their team right now is mostly all marketing. Um, there are people out there, hardcore into this sort of thing, who program and are very much into the, the FPGAs and making the cores for various video game systems, who get imperfect ones working in eight months of hard work. There is basically no way that a, what they claim, n- perfect, near-perfect uh, SNES core for an FPGA was created in two and a half months by a team of mostly marketers. It's just, I mean, that's just not, it's not what e- it is. Even if they had hired someone to do it in two and a half months, the probability of them coming up with it right. and having it ready to go, or you're saying, are very, very slim. Yeah, and I mean, they, I believe there are, uh, they have said that there are engineers. I do not believe they've exposed the names of them, um, unlike last time. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 basically not possible, and what I would expect them to see from a two and a half month uh, F- uh, SNES core would be... A lot of the games that they were showing, not working. Sure. Or, or, or working partially. Um, I mean, and that, but see, at the, that would be better than, than, than discovering that this is, um, I'm going to come, I'm going to say this. This, the, the retro VGS was a team that had a dream that was unrealizable and it failed and that, that's what happened. This is willful deception. Yes, it's absolutely deceitful. Um, one of the most telling or damning, besides this damning evidence that this is, and hell, if they want to refute this, they have not re- come out and refuted any of the retro VGS team, including Mike Kennedy, that this was not simply a mini Super Nintendo board shoved into the Jaguar uh, prototype. On the Facebook retro VGS page, uh, it must have been Mike Kennedy. I don't know who else running it. Came out and had the balls to say, there's rumors going around that the uh, Cle- Chameleon is going to be just a Super Nintendo system. That's not what people are saying. That's not what people on Atari age have been <laughs> saying. That's not what we're saying. We don't know what the eventual Coleco Chameleon is going to be. No, I don't it I- may very well be uh, an FPGA uh system with Super Nintendo Core Genesis. What we are saying is what you showed at the professional New York Toy Fair trade show was a hack job. A sham. A sham of a Super Nintendo board stuffed into a Jaguar shell. And I'm going to be honest. uh, When you look at the videos, he, he, he knows. He looks like he knows. He's nervous as fuck in front of that camera. Not just that. If you go on the Atari, the great Atari Age forums, there's a guy who literally. <laughs> a good place. There's a guy who literally took apart his super, his mini Super Nintendo, put the board inside his own Jaguar shell, flipped it to the angle of how it is in the video that they shot, and had it comparison. The dimensions are exactly the same. It looks exactly the same this without is- minus the electrical tape around the back of it. This is not a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. On on the Facebook page itself, someone, I'm surprised the comment is still up. Someone says, you can go look, and it's probably still there, said, guys, please don't tell me this is a uh, mini Super Nintendo 
stuffed inside a jaguar shell. So the retro, uh, excuse me, the Coleco Chameleon folks did not respond directly to that, but to someone else saying, "Well, we're showing off Super Nintendo games here because a lot of the early titles will be, you know, Super Nintendo games, and we have the FPGA core done." Doesn't even refute the fact that. There's a lot of damning evidence that this was just a Super Nintendo yeah, does, shell, does, uh, Super Nintendo board shoved inside the Jaguar. Didn't refute it. I don't, think, you know, I, I don't it. think you can deny it. Didn't deny it. I don't think you can deny it. You can't. So, um, the problem, <laughs> what, 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 what's upsetting here is, obviously we all know, but all he would have to do is open up the damn system and show us that it's not. At the toy fair. At the toy fair. Show it running with the board visible. Mm-hmm. That's all he would have to do. Instead, he's creating a nightmare for himself, because by not showing it, there is some admission of guilt. However, by not showing it, there is there is also no... There's no what, here's what's going to happen. We're going to get to the Kickstarter in, what, 10 days now? 9 days? And he will show some sort of dev board with uh, some sort of FPGA... And uh, with uh, some sort of cores on it. Doesn't have to be running, by the way. You can just show a picture of it. Running something. In 10 days, that's what I imagine what will be whipped up. It's just going to be something different. And then from that point on, they will claim forever that that's what was running in the prototype. They might do that. Or they could go this sort of more Weasley route and say, well, technically it was a prototype because prototypes change. And what we showed, technically it's a prototype because... You know, it was running something, even though it was de- 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 deception, and they can say that too. The whole point is that with the Kickstarter, they can get around the fact that they can say we have a prototype when they they don't have a working prototype. They didn't have one at the toy fair. Yeah, they, might, they, mean, might, they might be working on one, but they didn't have one at the toy fair. But yeah, you can't you can't call an already finished product that someone else made shoved in a different case a prototype. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a a, a different iPhone case and shove this phone in it and say I got a. A phone prototype. A smartphone prototype. That's yes. basically what they did. Yes. So I'm like, I'm, I don't I don't have the energy. I'm no, I don't I I, right. I really don't. I'm I'm kind of scared because um and this is something that I don't think enough people are taking seriously. Um Rumor is that the the Kickstarter is going to be two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand, so about a quarter of a million dollars. Down from the two million two, or two so. Million. This is not an unobtainable amount of money. This is actually a fairly reasonable Kickstarter if it were another project. Especially since the cost is going to be half to 150 for the, for the early bird. It's going to be 135 for one controller in the packing game. Um, I feel like in our little corner of the world, uh, this is obviously uh, sham bullshit. But if this is marketed to the right people in the right way... Uh, while I'm I'm, not, I'm hedging my bets, I could see this getting backed. Well, let me let me let me back up and hedge and, and and say that I don't think I don't think the Kickstarter itself will be a sham. I think the prototype was a sham to get the Kickstarter rolling. Sure, I fully believe that once they get the Kickstarter money, which they have a good chance of getting, they will then try to develop. The actual oh, sure. system and yes. prototype. Oh, yeah, obviously. They are going to do that. Yes. They'll have no choice. Probably with a Genesis Core or something like that, because that's easier to work with to start. The problem is, will it actually get completed within that year or so they're going to have to do it? Will it come out? So you're going to have people's money already, and it's not going to cost you. It's going to cost you a quarter million to do it. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. But, but the point is, you're going to get that money. 
And at that point, you can do whatever you want with that money. And that's my and that's my fear is that if this gets funded, I don't think anything worth. If we don't, we we may not see anything. And if we do, it's not going to be anything that's worthwhile. It's not going to be anything that is different than people who are running homebrews on clones. It's not. There is nothing. The problem with the retro VGS and even with the Clico Chameleon is what's the fucking point? The I point, still don't yes. know. The point's going to remain the same as what we said in the original video was that you're paying more money for games you can already get cheaper and available elsewhere. So if it's running off of cores and it's not running off of its own architecture, then conceivably these games can come out, could be dumped and put on Super Nintendo uh, cartridges or dumped and put on Genesis yeah, cartridges and, and, and played off those systems. I mean, am I wrong about that? No, if you're I'm not. not if, I mean, if I am, if, someone let me know. But I, I, if, if a game is developed for a Genesis core... Then it should be able to run on a Genesis. If I'm Pico Interactive, or if I'm Collector Vision, who are the I think the two only ones that have been are, are verified to still be doing games for the yeah. Clico Chameleon, because because the Neo Geo guys are gone at this point, why would I only develop games to come out on a system with a cartridge where my profit margin is going to be a hell of a lot less than if I just put it out on Steam or even put it out on uh, my own Super Nintendo cartridge and put it out so you can play it on your Super Nintendo. Why would I do that? Plus, why would I wait to do that when I can put the games out now right. to a much larger audience? There's so, just no... There's, there's no. Even before this fake prototype bullshit, there's still no good reason. This is on top of it. Still. I feel like this has become a, a personal quest... Uh, almost a vendetta against everyone who said that he couldn't. Uh, Don Quixote is pissing in the wind. Um, I mean, that's that's what's happening here. It, it's not it, even it, it, just to do. I mean, is this is this to say I told you so? Because, I don't know because because this is going to end up this this is this is going to end up clearanced out of Toys R Us or it won't it's be, not going to hit Toys R Us. It, 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 it won't hit. It won't hit. It won't hit. It won't hit the dollar is, store. This is going to be something that ends up. Uh, fucking bar. It's going to be like the no. old uh, Neo Geo Pocket Colors no. with six games that you you no. you could buy for a while for twenty five dollars. I tell eBay. you, no, you're not going to see it. I tell you what it's going to be, and unfortunately, everyone that's rah rahing this on the Facebook page is going to get their wish if it hits the goal. Mm -hmm. They're going to get a cartridge system. It's not going to be a good cartridge system. It's going to be a cartridge system that's going to come out sometime in 2017. Maybe it's a year. Maybe it's a year and a half. Maybe it gets pushed to 2018. Who knows? You're going to get a cartridge system with a shitty third-party controller. The game, I don't know how good the game is going to be, but it's a game that you should be able to get elsewhere because uh -huh. it's a Super Nintendo game uh -huh. if it's Tiny Knight. Um, and you're not going to get any other games, basically, once it's out. I will... I will. I wish I can guarantee something. With you won't get ten games for this system. No, I don't think you'll get ten games. They definitely won't be exclusive games on it. But I don't think you're going to see ten games for this system. Yeah, there, there's absolutely. I would say zero. Absolutely zero. Re it's just there's, it doesn't make any sense. If there there will be no exclusives, um, or there'll be the packing game will be exclusive. Maybe one right. other. Absolutely, no one is going to dump their hard work into making a game for a system that if it comes out uh, is going to have an audience of a few thousand a few thousand that are probably going to get bored of the thing extremely quickly it's going to be a novelty everyone who's rah-rahing it now is 
rah-rahing the novelty. Oh, you're going to get it, and you're going to take this game that you saw on Steam, and you're going to, you're gonna, or you saw on a Super Nintendo, and you're going to slam a special-looking cartridge and translucent red into the system, and you're going to play it, and then you're going to realize the controller sucks, and your controller's going to break, and instead of replacing the controller, you're going to fucking put the thing in the goddamn or, closet, and you're never going to look at it or again. Or they're going to probably sell adapters so you can use your ColecoVision controller. Or actually, I think they said in one of the videos they're going to come up with their own ColecoVision USB controllers, and in television... Uh, in controllers, they're already planning on that because I, otherwise, otherwise, uh, one of the things we didn't talk about originally with the Click of Chameleon when it was first announced, we were just giddy about the announcement, was that they took away the ports where you could have plugged in a ColecoVision controller, right? Um, yes. Where they took that away when they should have kept it because they already say we're going to have ColecoVision in television games. So even using one of those controllers, you'd have the keys available to actually play those two systems on it. They took I, that away. I can't imagine that um, the 9-pin port is what dropped the system from uh, 300 but, to 150. But that just shows you sort of the lack of thought yeah. going into it. Mm-hmm. Because then it would make sense to keep it. Oh, yeah. You take it out. Now you're going to charge me for... If you're going to make a, a new controller when I already have my ColecoVision controllers laying around, you can buy one for 10 bucks or whatever, 15 bucks. If you can find one at the flea market for $3, I have five in my bin. You know, I, okay. I just want to point out real quick, too, because I, 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 I don't have a whole lot more to say. I don't want to get too worked up. No. I just wanted to, I wanted to bullet point this and get everything across as concisely as I could. Um, however, there's not even thought in the Kickstarter tiers. So if you're an early backer, you can get a system for 135 with the pack in game. shipping. Then, announced just the day after, you can get the RPG pack that comes with, uh, I don't remember the name, but uh, Pico Interactive's RPG, uh, the system, and a uh, and and the pack in game for 185. So if you're supporting the 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 the, uh, the 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 Kickstarter at a higher level, you're being punished because it would be cheaper. It would be cheaper to do an early bird system and then get the game separately than to get the game with oh, the really? system with the RPG. They're not even fucking thinking. Is there a price all, on it? Oh. All of, yeah, 185. Instead, 135. So that means they're valuing the game at 50, 50 when he said that the, the cartridges would be between 20 and 30. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. All of those should be done at the early bird price. All, all, all the tiers, should, even with different packing games, should be done at the early bird price. Otherwise, you're just fucking over your customers for, for supporting you. So, uh, okay. nothing about this I'm makes gonna try any to sense. Talk, I'm going to try to talk to you, but also talk to pretending you are a supporter of the system. After the retro... I don't know why you're smiling at me. Potential supporters should be angry at me after this podcast. But after we saw what happened with the retro VGS... After the pretty clear, and I mean 99.9% clear evidence that the prototype shown at a professional trade show, that one of the biggest ones in the world, was fake. Was faked. It was faked. Smoke and mirrors. Why are you letting someone play you for an utter and complete fool? Why are you putting your trust in this person and in this organization to fool you yet again? Even if the price point is worth you taking the risk on, hey, 150 bucks, whatever. If I don't see, I don't see it. Even if you get your console, why? Why this project? Out of all the out of all the retro gaming projects out there, and there are plenty, there and are there plenty are plenty that are better. I, I don't know why you're saying that when you're a supporter of this. But sorry, <laughs> role playing. But why? Why this project in particular? I want to know because yeah. I, I just don't see it. When I go to the Facebook page. I see when I when I see comments like 
Oh, hell yes. Nothing like retro goodness. I miss games like this. Glad to see the chameleon is bringing them back. Would love to see some stuff from Konami, Jalico, etc. I, this is the stuff from Konami and Jalico! These are it's people, here! These are people who don't realize that Konami is a shell of its former self. If Jalico is still around, they're not doing much of anything. Last thing I remember them doing was a City Connection cell phone game. Um... Oh, no, I have, a, I have a Mahjong game by them on the PSP. This is it. You, th- These are the games, though. They're around but us. this is why I'm frightened that this is going to get funded and people are going to be wasting their money. These are people who, are, who do not understand the state of gaming. They saw a link that their aunt retweeted and said, Remember Atari? This is cool. It's Coleco. And they get... They're they're not doing their research. The average consumer doesn't fucking do their research. They have no idea what this is. Nostalgia is blinding. There are retro games. There are thousands, literally thousands of retro games on carts. Yes. A lot of them are dirt cheap. Atari 2600 games cost a dollar each. And chances are, you haven't played all of them, so those are going to be like new games. A lot of NES games are so cheap, you can buy flash carts. They were showing a flash cart at the toy fair, but you can buy flash carts and play all the retro games you want for, for that $150. There's esoteric systems like the Arcadia 2001 and the APF MP1000 you can still discover. Not sure why you would, but they're out there. There's thousands of retro games that you've never played that are out there, and they're available on systems that already exist that are a lot less than this. There's emulators you can play these games on if it comes to that. I just don't. I don't understand it. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose your money, and you're gonna get a shoddy product with no games on it. I'm just. I'm really. I'm trying. I'm not gonna break through to you. If you already made up your mind, you made up your mind. I just feel, honestly, I feel sorry for you. Yes. I actually feel sorry for you. I'm not going to say you're dumb. I just think you're blinded by nostalgia, and you're wishing for a time that ain't coming back. And and someone is taking advantage of you for those feelings. And if you don't wake up from it, you're only going to be at 150 bucks. but you're going to look like a fool to yourself the year or two down the line, you're going to look in the mirror and say, I got had. And maybe you won't care you lost that money. But in that journey, you're going to put money in someone's pocket who doesn't give a shit about you. All, all, all for a piece of plastic that is not legitimately a new cartridge system. There is no way to go back to it. For that to happen, you would need your own architecture, and you would need developers ready and willing to make new games for this system, and that's not going to happen. The only way this will happen now is with cores of other systems, and as I said prior, you can get those games and play them on existing systems. There's no reason for this, unless you're some collector of plastic that needs it. And any games that are going to be ported onto the system, once again, will be available elsewhere to play. The developers will not be stupid enough to limit the audience on their games. Okay, we're starting to repeat ourselves a little. Let's full stop that. Done. Fuck. Alright, well, let's get into something uh, else. (laughs) Let's move along. What do we got? Okay, so this is an interesting auction. We don't talk about these auctions too much. or We know, like the N64 complete in box auction, which comes up every now and then. But this is... um, a complete licensed U.S. NTSC NES set for sale. Buy it now. There's no best offer, which we'll get into. It's at 21500 677 which means there's no unlicensed games. That's the official count. However, the one caveat, which is we'll talk about, is that the Stadium Events game with it 
is the PAL version, which is worth a few hundred, 300, 400, right. at five at most, versus the US version, which is worth thousands. We can get into it. We'll talk about how many thousands, but that's the big caveat here. So what's interesting, besides we can talk about do we think it's going to sell at this price, is that um, there's he has to make it clear in the in the listing if you look at it, Ian. Oh yeah, there oh, are yeah. no reproductions or replacement labels at all. Yep. It's funny that you have to say that in this day, in day and age, age. But, yeah, but yeah. You have to say that. Um, it's nice that he points that out. Though. It's very nice that I give him credit because hell, who knows nowadays? Because that's we've we've been talking about it for three years how it's bad for the hobby, but you have to say that. <laughs> um, so then, but why is he selling it? Well, because well, he had a baby. He had a baby. And his collection room has turned into a nursery, and he has no no space for it. And quite frankly, um, that is a 100% believable story. I cannot tell you how many people I've had come into the store and sell off collections for reasons like that. I've got a kid on the way. I need money. I don't have space, especially in San Diego, where your living space is at a premium. Sure. So you know he's probably a guy who's got wants to settle down. It'd be good money for the you know for the baby. Start a college fund. You could if you get twenty one thousand. That'll pay for I don't know nowadays a half a year of a good college. Maybe Jesus Christ. Not everyone needs to go to college. Just reminding people. Yeah. It's a lot of money. You're going to be in debt forever. Anyway. So, is this a decent price? I think that's a big question. Um, I'm not down with what the cost of this stuff go for. Obviously, the fact that it doesn't have the NTSC same events is a big hit because that reduces the value by thousands. Yes. And also the fact that you don't have 100 unlicensed games, those 100 unlicensed games are worth a few thousand themselves. I feel know. like with I feel like with NES collectors now, at least the ones that I talk to at the shop and chat up, I feel like there's not a lot of people who are going for just the licensed games. And I feel like a lot of people who say they are going for just the licensed games, by the time they get to the point where they're near it, the collecting bug has bit them hard enough where they kind of changed their mind and like might as well go for the rest. Sure. Um, w- with that said, I don't. I feel like that price is a little high for just the six seventy seven. I my gut tells me it is because we always talk about when stuff like this is bundled, you expect some sort of deal. Yes. So where's my calculator? Let's do that. What is that per game? I love doing this. <laughs> so we got twenty one thousand. No, not my world clock. My calculator. We got twenty one thousand five hundred divided by. Well, just I'll, okay. I'll, I'll include the the, the same events. Okay, sure. Six seventy seven. Thirty one seventy five per game. Per game. We'll just say thirty bucks a game. That's that. No. Thirty bucks a game without any of the unlicensed ones. I feel like that's. Is that too much? Yeah. Yeah. That's what. what we, I, I mean, even factoring in some of the extreme rarities, like. Little Samson, Samson seven fifty. We'll say um, Bonk's what four hundred. I don't know at this point. Yeah, Ducktales two. Oh, you know, you run down those twenty games, the, the later release ones, and Flintstones Dinosaur Peak, and that, that'll get you to at least you know a few thousand at this point, right? It's true, but then I, I, then they go down from there. Yes, yes. Then they drop considerably. Sure. I, you know the thing is, I mean, no fault on the guy for putting this price up. You might, you might get because we've seen how collectors can work in this day and age. They might get trigger happy and just say, "Sure, why not?" I think the bigger problem is why no, why no best offer. I think he's yeah. shooting himself in the foot with that because I feel like if someone were to offer eighteen thousand for it, you take it. What's interesting is in his other auctions too, he's selling just the box and manual to some of them. So he's selling just the box and manual for Panic Restaurant for eight hundred dollars. Wow, is that what that goes for? Just the box and manual? Holy shit! 
But and, see, okay, see, this is the problem. And Mighty Final Fight for 270, Boxing Manual, and Bubble Bobble Part 2, 800 Boxing Manual for it. Like you said, you expect some sort of deal when you get things in a yeah. lot. Uh, it seems to me like he's attaching full value to everything. Yeah, obviously a reseller can't flip this. Right. They might be, hell, they might be losing money. I have no idea. I mean, because th- well, you're still at the point where a few hundred games are less than five bucks. Mm-hmm. So you have to f- factor that in. That, well, know, that's what I'm trying to say. When you say 3175, I'm trying to see how that divides out among the rarities that are a couple hundred a piece, mm-hmm. and then the couple hundred games that are a few bucks. Sure. You still have all the sports games. You still have the, you know a lot of the Sesame Street type of games. You know, you're going to have your even like your red racers don't go for a lot, and your ice hockey's even the even the fun games. Yeah, don't go for a huge amount. Like super, super off road. Off- whoa. Ah! Whoa, 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 hey! What the fuck happened there? I don't think that's ever happened before on the podcast. Well, out of, out of 750-something games, just, why did we both... Let's just get married, Ian, and make out. We might as well at this point. Anyway, a game like the, but games like Defender 2 and Defender of the Crown, I can go down the list, uh, you know, Destination Earth Star. These are not expensive games. No, they're not. So I mean, there's even a lot. It's not even like the, the like the, the yeah, it's like not the, all racers. crap. It's not all crap. Yeah, it's there's not all like the Blades of Steel sports games. There's games that are out there that aren't worth a, a hell of a lot, like Orb 3D and Operation Wolf. You I'm know. not talking while you're listing Dude, off game really, names. That really, really, really freaked you out. That fucking caught had, me off guard. We've been doing this podcast for two and a half years. We have this connection. <laughs> it's well, Valentine's Day this past. <sighs> <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, there should be a best offer. And plus, this guy probably didn't pay. Unless he's one of these. You know, collectors that I want to get a whole collection in a year and a half. This guy probably didn't pay half for, not for this game. If he was doing this for years and years, but then again, maybe he's a guy that got into it really quickly and regrets it. Got like, in and needs to get out. Which you might have to take a loss. Sorry to say, that's what happens on business. Yeah. Owners. You get into quickly, you might have to take a loss. When people say like, if you you buy something and you don't like it, you know, if it's popular, you can flip it. Like, if I buy a shooter that's expensive for sure. a PC engine and I I don't like it and I really don't want it in my collection. Yeah, I can probably flip it for what I got it for. But when you're buying in, when when you start buying things individually, and then you decide you're going to get rid of them all at once, that's not the case. You are not going to flip it for what you paid for it. Okay, so we'll, I guess we'll see what happens. I'm not much else to say ab- about this. I'm just it's just curious to me that he is having the box and manual for a few of these rare games separately. I, Maybe if he threw it in, it would sort of sweeten the deal. You know what I mean? I, yes, he's I, really. I mean, that shows me he's really trying to maximize yes. the value to get out of this. Yeah, that's why. I and said again, he's we're, not... we're not saying he can't do it. He can do whatever he wants. We're just yeah. we like discussing the strategy of this strategy and, and if it actually will sell. That's all. Uh, no, you can do whatever he wants. No, no fucking shit. So let's move on to the last thing here, and uh, this is sort, of, sort of cleanses our palate from the rest of right. the two other topics. This is the pi- this is the pickled ginger. Pickle what? The I was going to say sorbet. The, well, the, pickled ginger. The ginger. Oh, I mean the ginger from sushi. Yeah. I was going to say pickled. I guess it is pickled technically. It's totally pickled. Okay. All right. I still love you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this has been a real touching fucking mini episode, mini sode. <laughs> Talk. It's fun. This is a good one. All right. This originally comes from the website. Hit Fix, which was from, uh, it was a spinoff, Drew McWeeny, who was on Ain't It Cool News for a long time. Um, I think he's written a couple of scripts, but he's he was gone from that site. So uh, he did, a, I guess, a video report. And there's been a couple of sources that have reported this with a slightly different twist on this. But, well, so far, I mean, the websites that I've read have said that it is a completely, it is, at this point, it's still complete rumor. 
Oh, of course, it's a rumor. But yes. Drew McQueenie is someone who has sources. This sure. isn't a guy that just he's, he's been he's been doing this uh, movie news and inside stuff for like. Tw- Almost twenty years, probably. This Any is cool. not my fake scoop. It's not Ian's <laughs> fake scoop. This isn't a scoop that Ian would love to love to be true, even <laughs> though he would love for this to be true. So the reports is that the WB execs are a little bit antsy about uh, the prospects of Batman v Superman. Yes. That it might not live up to the the expectations of what they are going to set for it commercially and critically. Supposedly, early viewings, they have not been pleased with the audience response. Um, this, by the way, does not mean that it's not going to be a financial blockbuster. Because oh, sure. Even I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not stupid. You're yeah, still banking is, on two of the biggest superheroes yeah, fighting each other. this is going to make a shitload of money. Um, but critical reception it, it will probably not be high. And they're saying that uh, if, if, if this does not do well critically as well as financially, they may shake up the DC film universe. Uh, with a plan. In, in, in quite a, a big way. Um, they said that Wonder Woman would likely go forward. Well, that's that's shot, yeah. Yeah, and one other one. Uh, I can't remember which one. Oh, Su- suicide, some, su- yeah, some sort of Suicide, suicide squad. squad. So Suicide Squad's going forward. Thumbs down just for that. So, um, they're saying that they may not be happy with Zack Snyder's work. No fucking shit. He's a hack. Um, anyway, uh, they would perhaps change directors. And what they're thinking is they would maybe... They, they're saying that this may not be the launching point they want for the Justice League movie. What would happen is the Justice League movie would get pushed back. And you would get a solo Batman movie with Ben Affleck and a different director. In its place. In its place. Because Batman does blockbuster sales. And generally gets critical so, reception. So right now... Already, Justice League Part One, folks, is scheduled for November 2017, which means they got to start shooting that within a few months. Yeah, to make that most so, likely, especially with the big time lead-ins for like Batman v Superman, which we already said, folks, has been shot for like two years. Yeah. So I mean, they really have to get on this stuff. So, but they, but but there, everything hinges on this. We said way back this was the reverse of what Marvel was doing, where they have one giant jump off film for all the individual ones to follow, like Aquaman and Flash and Martian Manhunter, who won't admit it, and Cyborg and whatever. Instead of the Marvel way, which slowly build by individuals, get the fans to know the individual ones, casual moviegoers know the individuals, and then do the huge Avengers and then break all the box office records. Yeah, I mean, despite, all my, despite all my ranting, one of my big complaints, uh, and I believe I, I made that made it vocal on the podcast, was, yes, I don't like Zack Snyder, and yes, I hated uh, Man of Steel, but uh, this is too soon. This movie is too soon. And... Uh, yeah, it's not going to leave a lot, depending on how they work it, it's not going to leave a lot of room for realistic development between Batman and Superman and the forming of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. So, here, here, guys, you're not going to expect me to say this. Uh, I mean, if they did push it back and we did get an Affleck Batman movie without Snyder at the helm... Oh my god, that'd be great. I'd go fucking see it. I uh, would see it and, and enjoy I, it too, p- Ian. P- people people always give me crap. Uh, they, I mean, I, I, had a, I had a guy who I'm friendly with on Twitter... Who um you know keeps sending me pictures of, like sent me a picture of like Batman or uh, Affleck as Batman. He's like, well, you gotta admit it looks good. Yeah, I don't really think Batman or Affleck as Batman is the problem. I was one of the only people early on in our first episode who was like, no, I'm I'm kind of okay I, with that. Uh, I would see that. That's actually which is funny because I have more problem with you, but it, to me, it's not a deal breaker. No, it's not a deal. It's breaker. not a deal breaker. I don't think it's ideal, uh, but it's not a deal I breaker. Mean, pe- people, were, well, uh, we, we, you didn't see it. We're not going to do a reaction video to it, but they just released the final trailer 
Yeah, I haven't watched it. For Batman v Superman. And boy, I think they reacted to all the outcry of the last one because this final trailer, no doomsday, doesn't basically show you the whole plot. It's basically two minutes of Batman and Superman confronting each other and fighting for two minutes with like the rocking soundtrack and really no revelation of where the plot's going to go until, I mean, after they fight each other. But then you're blowing your load. I mean, that's what people are going to see. Which shows that there could be some credence to these reports that they might be concerned. Yeah. There was only like one line from Lex Luthor in the trailer. You see Wonder Woman go, ah, with her shield and sword and fly towards the, the, the CG danger. And you see Batman and Superman fight each other, and you have Alfred talking to uh, Bruce Moore. And then one of the strange lines, which I guess is going to be the the serious part of the movie, like, oh, is this going to be like a uh, parallel to fighting terrorism? Batman says to Alfred, if there's even a 1% chance that Superman is our enemy, we have to act like he is. Which is really a strange thing for a detective to say. You think he'd confirm that before risking his life yeah. and going all in on something like that. That's yeah. just a really... That to me seemed a little out, but he said it in the trailer. That's weirdly written. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. Basically, what, I have to go after Superman if there's no, even a 1% I mean, chance. I, yeah, I'm just saying... He said 1% chance, though. I, I just say, like, that's weirdly He's, written. He said, he said... Actually, he said, if there's a 1% chance, we have to treat it as an absolute. That's what he said. And it's like, really? Do you really have to? Shouldn't there be something written that you see Superman do something that you question and then go all the way, you know, I mean, after the destruction? It's, it basically shows Superman as the bad guy, this last trailer. It's, it was a Batman-centric trailer. People were jizzing on the fact that they show a Batman fight scene where he takes out, like, eight guys with, uh, you know, basically people are, oh, it's moved straight out of Arkham Asylum. It's like, yeah, there's going to be good action scenes. That's not what's going to make or break the movie. Right. All these superhero movies have great action scenes. It's going to be the story, the plot, the character development, and the acting. That's what's going to separate Ghost Rider, Spirits of Vengeance from Captain America Civil War. They both have <laughs> action scenes in, in them. That's not the that's the least of our concerns is the action scenes. Right. You know, that's not going to that's not going to get the repeat business and that's not not what the future of the Justice League movie is going to hinge on is the fact that oh, it's a cool action scene. No, that's not what it's going to be. So yeah, if I want this to fail, it would be to sort of right the wheel and sort of reshuffle everything. Reshuffle it. Get your Batman solo movie, which I always said they should have. I said this a year ago. They should have done this before Batman v Superman. Yeah. Get the Batman oh, yeah. solo movie. Why would you do a Superman movie and then jump into Batman versus and then Superman have without, to introduce without a new one? Without, yes. do, without introducing your new Batman. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so. Supposedly, though, they're, they're, they're fairly excited about Suicide Squad. And, hell, I'm putting my money on Suicide Squad being critically better than Batman v Superman at this point. I think a lot of people sure. are. Yes. I'll see Suicide Squad. Even corniness aside, I'll, I'll go see it. I don't know that I will, but I, I would be... I, I, I w- if someone paid for my ticket, I would go <laughs> see Suicide Squad. I would not go see yeah. Batman v Superman if someone paid for I my ticket. I know we've connected on this podcast. I have about 14 more free movie tickets I bought on Gold Star. You're back. I will take you to Okay, see no, Suicide no, Squad. I'm taking it back. I don't really want to see Suicide Squad. I'm just trying to make a you, point. You know you have to see Batman v Superman, and you have no, to. No, I don't. We're going to have to discuss on the podcast. You're going like, to make me see it by myself, really? Yeah. You son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. You and you can with? spoil it for me, and I'll just react. <laughs> I'll react to your reaction. You'll do a video of it? Okay, we're done. No, we're, not, we're not totally done, but... They're gonna, if they do a Flash solo movie, Aquaman solo movie, because remember, these people are going to appear as cameos in this Batman v Superman, uh, and do a Cyborg guy. <laughs> cyborg, I call Just Cyborg. I don't know why Martian Manhunter's not in it. Anyway, where is he? Maybe they're teasing that. Um, do the solo movies. Remember, you can say, well, it's been four years between this or three years since that. 
Marvel took four years doing one or two movies a year. They did like seven movies before Avengers. They didn't do one and then do one more and then, you know, we were setting up the Justice You know what I mean? Like, they did all the individual ones. They had their little Nick Fury, little, uh, you know, after credit scene. Solo Superman movie. Big set piece. Biggest set piece. That's just not the order you go in. No, and you can say, oh, Suicide Squad. That's... That's like, different. That's to- that's not going to matter. That is different. And then Wonder Woman, whatever. I, it's some sort of Suicide Squad. You just want to see Zack Snyder's face rubbed into the dirt. What, why did they trust him again? I don't know why they trusted their entire multi-billion-dollar film future with Zack Snyder because he did Watchmen as an okay movie. Somehow, is that why? Because he's he's grim dark. Because he works out. I guess so. I don't know. Okay, are we done? We're done. Well, that was our CU podcast for, for Tuesday, March 16th. March, no, it's 2-16-2-0-16. It's freaky. That's why we had the connection eating. That's why we had the psychic bomb yes, going. it's because of today. I got sauce cooking. Uh, check us out. Patreon.com slash pickles, pixel, pickle, pixel sickle. Uh, for the full podcast, you help support us. You can see the video podcast as soon as I have my old laptop render them out. And then um, Stitcher and iTunes, hopefully... When we solve those issues, but you can download the uh, the podcast or listen directly from the punkeffect.com. It's there first before everywhere else. And of course, the video clips are on YouTube eventually. And we're going to go to a Tuesday recording schedule fairly soon, which means the possibly pod- even starting now. Bah! Which means that we'll release these on Wednesday, which I think will work out for everyone. I'm not saying we're going to go weekly, but you know, nice experiment. And I'm going to eat my sauce, and you're going to pet your cat, and we're going to be freaked out over super off road. You got really freaked out. Well, it was... I mean, that's that's strange. It, it is strange out of all... The odds. But we have brought that game up before in terms of referencing games that are, like, under $10 that are fun. Have we? Okay, may, maybe we have, and I subconsciously that, yeah, didn't like <laughs> All right. All right. I think you just love me. It's Valentine's Day. So for Ian Ferguson, I'm Pat Contry. Ian's already taking his I'm headphones off. I'm getting ready off to go. <laughs> he's freaked out. He's ready to run home. We'll see you later. <laughs>